It's the Larry Kudlow Show. Free market prosperity starts here. Now, here's Larry Kudlow. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. It's a great pleasure to be with you. And I want to bring in my pal, Andrew McCarthy. He just dropped off the phone. We're going to pick him up in a minute. You know, I want to talk about the lead uh, with Andy McCarthy. I had Bill Barr, former Attorney General Bill Barr, who was twice Attorney General, actually, uh, once under under Bush and more recently under Donald Trump. And we interviewed him on the on the Fox Business Show last night, and he was yeah, terrific, as always. Uh, anyway, we, we'll bring – here's Andy McCarthy. We got him. He's a former district U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York. He's a contributing editor of my alma mater, National Review. And he's a senior fellow at the National Review Institute and a best-selling author. The book is – Ball of Collusion, the plot to rig an election and destroy a presidency. Boy, how apropos is that? Anyway, Andy McCarthy, welcome back. Thank you. Larry, great to be with you. You know, Bill Barr, uh, had Bill Barr on the TV show yesterday. He called this Bragg case pathetically weak legal theory. And he went through the politics of it, of course, there you know, out to get Trump. But he said, Andy McCarthy said, Look, the, this uh, abuse of prosecutorial power uh, to bring a case that would not be brought against anyone else, they're, gonna, they're going after the man, not a crime. He said the legal theory is pathetically weak. And then here's the key point, uh, Andy. Um, this idea that Cohn reimbursed his legal payments is a false idea that had violated a misdemeanor statute in the first instance against false documents, he said, I actually don't think that's a valid claim because the statute actually requires that it be done with the intent to defraud. And there is no intent. So pick it up from there because, I mean, they'll unseal the the documents, I guess, on Tuesday, and we'll learn a lot more. But, you know, we know a lot from the Times and the Wall Street Journal coverage. What do you what do you say to all this? What's the theory? I mean, what's Bragg think he's doing? Well, I, I agree with uh, everything that Bill said to you, Larry. I think uh, he's he's entirely right about that. Uh, I also think the easiest way I, I would make two points, mm-hmm. which is like all the all the things that are simple, maybe for non-lawyers. Um, that you need to know about this to make up your mind about it. One is we have to stop thinking about Bragg as a law enforcement official, as a district attorney. He is an elected progressive Democrat. Mm. Um, his, his, this is not like a federal prosecutor where you get appointed by the president and then the Senate bets you to make sure that you're not going to use your power in a partisan way. This is an actual partisan process. He's an elected progressive Democrat in Manhattan, who ran on the proposition that he would get Trump if they elected him. So he ran promising that he was going to use his power against Trump, not promising that he was going to you know, enforce the law without fear or favor. So, so we should stop thinking of him as a district attorney uh, and start remembering that he's an elected progressive Democrat who's wielding his power exactly the way he said he would. Uh, and the second thing I would say is, And this goes to the former attorney general's point about uh, the campaign finance laws. I think he's right also about the misdemeanor. But just to cut to the chase, the federal authorities who have uh, jurisdiction over campaign finance violations 
investigated Trump very thoroughly. My old office, the Southern District of New York, was trying to make a case. And they looked at it and they decided there wasn't enough evidence. They they found nothing to prosecute. Bragg looked at the same set of facts. He doesn't have jurisdiction to enforce federal campaign finance laws. And he is indicting 34 felony counts. Mm. Thirty four. Just to just to give people a sense of this, um, I think I charged the mass murdering terrorist, the blind shake in the 1990s. I think I charged five counts (laughs) Uh, may have been may have been one or two more. You know, there's Justice Department guidance, Larry, that tells prosecutors um, you don't want to overwhelm the jury with charges. There's always the, the fear of an abuse of power where what you don't have with quality, you try to make up with make up for with quantity. So, you know, you basically you don't have much of a case, but you figure out a way to charge, you know, three, four dozen charges. So you convey to the jury the idea, gee, this guy must be a terrible guy, because if the if the government hit him with like four dozen or three dozen counts, they wouldn't do that to just an ordinary person. And the message behind that is in order to win the case, Basically, Trump has to win every count, right? He's got to get acquitted across the board. Mm. Bragg only has to win one count, and he gets Trump convicted, oh. which is what his, his mm. dream is, right? Mm. So why not do 34? You know, and if the jury's if the jury's having trouble with the case, they may say, "Well, you know, we'll acquit him on most of it, but we'll throw the state one or two. That's all Bragg needs is one or two counts. Mm. So he's playing games with the charges. Um, you know, the law behind the law supporting the charges is very weak, but I'm just taken aback by, you know, this idea of the people who actually have expertise and jurisdiction over these charges bring zero. Mm. And this guy who has no jurisdiction and New York does not have expertise in federal campaign finance law, he looks at it and he brings 34. Mm. You know, um, I hadn't thought about that, by the way. He only needs to win one. That's a really interesting point. Um, but Andy McCarthy, you're writing in National Review that uh, it's highly unlikely the payment, the so-called hush money payment, for which Cohn and Trump used their own personal funds, not campaign funds, was an in-kind campaign contribution. I mean, it really had nothing to do with the campaign, and it didn't pass through the campaign. This went through. This is something Barr said yesterday. Uh, yep. This went through, in a sense, Trump's personal account. The Trump organization is Trump and had nothing to do with the campaign. Uh, so that is, it seems to me, a weak link uh, in the so-called Bragg uh, prosecution theory. Yeah, that, that's right. I mean, I, I think the way Bill explains it, <clears throat> I think, is very makes it very easy to understand. If you if you make. Um, a donation that is used for something like, say, polling mm. during a campaign, it's pretty obvious that that's a campaign right. expense, right? And that's an in-kind contribution. But if you expend money that you would expend irrespective of whether there was a campaign, and it just happens to be contemporaneous with at the same time as the campaign, that's not a, an in-kind campaign mm. contribution. That's an expense that you would have anyway. And in with with respect to Trump, it doesn't matter. You know, hush money is the term they use. It's a pejorative term. But non-disclosure arrangements are a staple of 
civil litigation. There's nothing wrong with them per se. And people in Trump's position make those kind of arrangements all the time. We all, Larry, how often do we hear about civil litigation where, you know, we hear that it was settled, there was some financial arrangement that was made, we're not told the terms, nobody admitted fault. You know, we hear all that kind of stuff all the time. Mm. This is a pretty common arrangement. But this is an arrangement that, from Trump's perspective, you know, if he if he had a non-disclosure arrangement with somebody who was a porn star, it was something he didn't want his wife to find out about. It was something that would have been humiliating. That's all the reasons that you do a non-disclosure arrangement in the first place. That doesn't mean it was a campaign expense. Mm. And the fact that, like, the other side says, well, but it was done on the eve of the election – uh, you know, as Bill points out, it was done on the eve of the election because that's when she had the most leverage to get the most money out of him that she could have gotten. That's not that doesn't make it a campaign expense. That means that she basically, you know, I don't want to use the term extortion, but she, you know, used the it is extortion. Uh, it's leverage. extortion. Yeah, but, it's but basically... she used the leverage she had at the time. Right. I mean, well, you I can mean... do it. I There's would... a lot of litigation that we could call extortion, right? But the <laughs> the point is that she she used the timing. You know, if she had waited till the week after the election, I doubt that either Trump or uh, or Cohn would have been willing to lay out one hundred and thirty thousand dollars, right? So she, you know, she she struck while the iron was hot. But that doesn't make it a campaign expense. Do we know, Andrew McCarthy? Do we know that Trump mandated or suggested or asked? his then lawyer, Michael Cohn, to make a payment? Do we know with certainty that uh, Trump wound up paying for this, either through his company or personally? Because we're dealing here, in the case of Michael Cohn, we're dealing with a convicted perjurer. There seem to be two sets of stories here. I mean, this was a point that Robert Costello, who was uh, Cohn's uh, lawyer at one point, uh, brings out, that, Cohn has told two different stories. One story is that Trump asked him to do it and he did it. But the other story is that Cohn told Costello that he was acting on his own, that he wasn't mandated by by Trump, that Trump didn't have a thing to do with it. I mean, do we know this? I think part of the reason that the Southern District of New York walked away from the case is that that Cohn is such a weak Mm. witness. Mm. But I think what the what the DA is going to say about this is that they have recording of Trump speaking with Cohen uh, about paying a different woman at around the same time. So it's, you know, what they're... Is this the McDougal, the McDougal woman? Yes, exactly. The so-called right. so Playboy have, model. Right. So they have a, a recording of that. They have a paper trail that shows that Trump did indeed pay uh, Cohen in monthly installments in 2017. Um, and they have some instances of Trump uh, pointing out that, uh, you know, Stormy Daniels had signed a non-disclosure agreement and threatening to enforce it against her. Mm. So and also Trump did at one point acknowledge that he had he had paid Cohen back. Um, so, you know, I, I guess they have enough uh, at least. I don't think that's the laughable part of the case. I, I, you know, they can have all of these documentary records to back up the financial transactions. It doesn't make it a campaign finance violation. And as Bill Barr pointed out, um, to show that he falsified his records is not enough. 
because the statute says you have to falsify it with fraudulent intent. Mm-hmm. And as I, you, this is your side of the street more than mine, Larry. But you know what we're talking about is did he book it? Did he book the reimbursement of a loan as the payment of legal fees? To my mind, it, it's an expense one way or the other. So it wouldn't it would have had a de minimis effect on you know, Trump's uh, tax obligations and and the business record keeping. So I don't see what the fraudulent intent is. I think they're going to have a very hard time trying to show that. All right. Well, you call it bookkeeping shenanigans. And, I mean, I would just, look, I don't know. But um, the Trump Organization is a privately held company. Right. uh, You know, eponymously named Trump. And my sense is that, in all likelihood, um, he booked a lot of things through the Trump organization. That's the way the business was done. And yeah, no, I don't think, that, Larry, I don't think that they're alleging that um, actually that there's anything wrong with him doing that. Andy, let me, would you mind, I got Greg Jarrett on the phone. Would you mind if yeah, we sure. brought him into the conversation? Yeah, of course. All sure. right. yep. We have uh, Greg Jarrett, my old friend, are you on the, you on the line? I am absolutely, and right. I uh, agree as as I generally do with everything Andy just said. All right, not me, but Andy. Andy's much smarter than I am. This is <laughs> this is a Greg. this is a longstanding uh, thing. Greg Jarrett, folks, is a Fox News legal analyst. He's also a New York Times best-selling author. The, his latest book is called "The Trial of the Century." It's coming out May thirtieth. So you'll have to come on the show again, Greg. I'd like to. Uh, to, to, to do that. Um, so we're talking about, uh, to use um, Andy's phrase, bookkeeping shenanigans that Bragg would ordinarily not give the time of day. I'm reading from Andy McCarthy's uh, NRO article. Trump booked the reimbursement of a loan as if it were a payment of legal fees. Trump's then lawyer, Michael Cohn, laid out 130 grand on the eve of the 2016 presidential election to pay Stormy Daniels. Uh, blah, 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 to keep quiet about the affair. So, Greg, why didn't Cy Vance run with that if it was so important or so clear? Why Why wouldn't Cy? I know Cy Vance very well. Um, Cy Vance didn't like Trump either. I don't think he's near as extreme as Alvin Bragg is, but putting that aside, if it's such a good case, why didn't Cy Vance do it, Greg Jarrett? Because he knew that the law does not support that kind of a charge, and the alleged facts don't amount to a crime <laughs> that uh, would support the law. Mm. Uh, it wasn't just Cy Vance that looked at this. The Department of Justice mm. uh, previously examined the Stormy Daniels payment, and uh, they obviously concluded there was no crime, as did the Federal Election Commission, the FEC. Why is that? Well, because the law doesn't regard the kind of transactions that you and Andy have been talking about as campaign donations. Mm. Uh, You know, as long as there is a personal or commercial purpose, we'll call it a dual purpose, uh, that may or may not include benefiting the campaign, uh, it doesn't count as a campaign contribution. And as you were discussing, you know, he paid the reimbursement out of his personal funds, not out of campaign funds. Uh, But I I also agree with what Andy has written recently 
and that is that the statute of limitations bars bringing any action here. Mm. Yes, there are exceptions to the statute of limitations, but primarily the misdemeanor that is cited here is two years, the felonies five years, and neither one of them can be told or paused if you uh, undertake a strict reading of New York law. Mm. Trump may have been outside the state's jurisdiction during the last seven years, but his whereabouts were well known. He maintained a residency in New York while president visiting it regularly. So I think it's unlikely that the two statute of limitations can extend beyond their expiration. And that will be, I think, probably the first motion to dismiss by Trump's lawyers. Mm. Fellas, um, can you just hang with me? i got to take a quick commercial break and sure. come back, uh, if you don't mind. This is great having both of you on. Uh, Andy McCarthy of National Review, uh, also a Fox News contributor. Greg Jarrett, Fox News legal analyst. I'm Kudlow. We'll be right back with these two very distinguished gentlemen. Please stay with us. This is The Larry Kudlow Show. Now, back to The Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I've got Andy McCarthy, former prosecutor, National Review and um, Fox News. And I've got Greg Jarrett of Fox News. Fellas, I just have a couple minutes before the half hour break, the national break. And then I'm going to ask you to stay another five or six minutes after that, if you can. If you can't, I understand. Greg, I just want to ask you something that's been troubling me. Um, It came up with uh, Andy McCarthy the Playboy model, McDougal, I don't know, Susan McDougal, I don't know what her name is, something McDougal. Karen McDougal. Karen McDougal, thank you. Um, and this um, David Pecker, who used to run the National Enquirer as a friend of Trump's, uh, the, allegedly there was a meeting in 2015 between Trump, Pecker, and David Cohn, and it was about um, somehow money going to one or both of these women, Stormy Daniels and um, McDougal, uh, and that that's something that came up late. Um, Pecker testified for the grand jury last Monday, and some people think that was a decisive thing in bringing uh, in bringing the um, indictment. Um, do you know anything about this, Greg? Actually, I put it out to both of you because uh, there's a lot of allegations here. Uh, but it's all very muddy. Uh, Greg, you want to take a whack at this before we have to break again? Well, secret uh, grand jury, jury deliberations are secret. We know that Pecker uh, testified early on before the grand jury and then returned as the final witness, which suggests that he was presented by the prosecutor to contradict something that someone else said, uh, maybe Bob Costello, which was uh, Michael Cohen's the, uh, previous can, lawyer. Greg, can we stay with that? I'm awful sorry. I've got a national break. I've got okay. to take this and then bring you back. And, Andy, if you would stay, if you can't stay, I understand. Sure, sure Larry. But yep. no, we have another good five, six, seven minutes after this national break. All right. Greg Jarrett and Andrew McCarthy. We'll be right back with these two very distinguished gentlemen. Please stay with us. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences 
businesses in the industry. Call now or go to prioritygold.com. 